Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Pirates Preview Show brought to you by NASCO Roofing. We are live outside of PNC Park on Federal Street, taking you up to first pitch of today's Pirates-Reds game. Game 7 of 162 between the 3-3 three and three Pirates and the 1-6 and six Reds. Craig Riley, Jack Sorensic alongside me. We're going to hear from Clint Hurdle a little bit later. We want to tell you what's on tap. Brought to you by Coors Light and Mike Antonis in Bridgeville. Like we said, we'll get you today's lineup, the pitching matchup. We'll have a look around the league as well as we get you ready for Trevor Williams and Tanner Roark. Today's pitching matchup. But Jack, first I want to take a look back at what we saw last night. And I feel like we have to give a tip of the hat. Brought to you by Dad's Hat PA Rye Whiskey. Farm to bottle, rye the right way to Colin Moran. It was what we talked about leading into the game. We talked about it after the game. A guy doing anything asked of him by his team, playing in left field, making his major league debut there last night. What would you make of it? Well, I think if you went to Jason Martin today and said, you're going to start at shortstop, he'd have said, I'm in. Yep. You know? I mean, you're, you should do it. I mean, if you're on a ball club, you've only got 13 position players, so you're going to do what you can to help your club. You know, So in this particular case, they are in a need in terms of the injury factor here. So why not? Moran has been out there very little for games in, tri- in AAA back when he was at the uh, Astros. But, you know, he had some familiarity with it. And I think the best part of last night was he technically didn't get any balls hit to him, you know. So that, that's a good thing. And uh, at the end, you know what? You do whatever you can to help your club win a ball game. So he held his own out there because luckily he didn't have to hold his own. And now we won't see him back out there tonight. We'll get into the lineup in a little bit. One thing that you're going to hear Clint Hurdle talk about a little bit later and something I want to focus on now because of a guy like Colin Moran doing anything that's asked of him, Clint talked about, it was a question I asked him about that led to this, a a total team effort to get the win last night. And Clint said that's something that they're going to need every night. Everybody contributing. It's going to have to be a complete team effort to get the win for this lineup. Do you agree with that? Well, I agree with that the most clubs in baseball. So that isn't any revelation. You know, I mean, if you're going to win, if you're the New York Mets or you're the Philadelphia Phillies or you're the San Francisco Giants, it doesn't matter. I mean, you got to take, you got to have 25 guys contribute. And I say to you all, all the time, you know, we talk about this where you have to use your entire roster. You've got to use your pitchers. You've got to use your guys. You've got to keep them fresh. You've got to get them in because you never know when all of a sudden they're thrust through the lineup for a period of time. And if they haven't played, um, you know, they, they got some catching up to do. So, Every club in baseball has to use their 25-man players. And like you said, wanting to get everybody in there and get them some action, Clint Hurdle had talked about Jason Martin was here yesterday, available to the team, was actually here the day before, and said yesterday that he wanted to get everybody a start before the end of this homestand. We'll take a look now at today's starting lineup, brought to you by the Rogers Insurance Group. The power of relationships is how we do business. Jason Martin. He's going to him right out of the gates today, hitting leadoff, playing left field. What do you think about that decision to throw a guy in right away? I've always been one that believes that you're better to get him in a lineup than to have him sit on a bench for two or three days or four days, and then all of a sudden when you play him, you have to remember, these guys that come up are everyday players at AAA. And when they get to the big leagues, it's very difficult 
to be a big league player as it is. It's very difficult for a young guy to have success, let alone now he sits on a bench for two or three or four or five days and you run him into a lineup. What do you expect? I mean, you can't expect good results. So the fact that you're going to get in, get a guy in a lineup, and by the way, you know, he may be right around the corner from being sent back. You know, it's just one of those things because as soon as they get a guy or two healthy, Jason Martin's going back to the minor league. So, you know what, while he's here, get him a start, see what you have. He made an impression to some degree in spring training. Let's, let's see him on a big stage here today. And Clint had talked about hitting him leadoff. No chance for jitters then. He's going to get to the plate right away. Is there something to be said for that? Because I think I look at Jason Martin as a guy that is used to hitting leadoff in his career. When you get called up, you don't always hit where you're used to because there's established major leaguers. But he does get that opportunity today to go to the place in the lineup he's familiar. Yeah, and if you look at your lineup, you don't really have a leadoff hitter in your lineup. I mean, we talk about this quite a bit. You have Frazier out of the lineup today, who's your leadoff hitter, and you have Marte, who's now your two-hitter. You have Bell, who's your four-hitter. You know, and line them all up after that. You know, you know Gonzalez is going to hit at the end of the order. So as opposed to switching everything around, you just make one switch and you insert the guy at the top of the lineup. Tomorrow, Frazier will be your back air, be your leadoff hitter. Like you said, taking a look at the rest of that lineup, it is Jason Martin hitting leadoff in left field. Starling Marte, Colin Moran at third base in the three-hole. Josh Bell, Melky Cabrera, Kevin Newman getting the start, hitting sixth at second base. Jacob Stallings catching, hitting seventh. Eric Gonzalez back in the lineup after that fantastic diving play we saw from him last night, Jack. Great play. He, he, he's played well. The last two nights, you know, he's kind of been what they've been talking about, getting a guy with range, a guy that can play defense, a guy that, has, that is athletic. And a couple plays he made the other day on balls in a hole where he circled the ball and made a nice body control throw. And now he, he made a great play last night on a ball hit, believe it or not, to the, he was playing up the middle, and the ball was hit to the left field side, head first diving stab, jumps up, throws him out. And it's always great. One thing, keep in mind, you'll see this a lot. I see it so often. When great plays are made, bang bangs at first base, oftentimes a catcher's running. (laughs) (laughs) Not taking away anything from the play, because it was a great play. But it just kind of, you know, that's Starling Marte, that's a base hit, you know, or, or Adam Frazier, that's probably a base hit. But the fact that a slower guy is running, I see it all the time. I mean, it, it, it's hilarious. Well, that's funny that you mentioned that. It's one thing that Clint Hurdle talked about. They were talking about the different biometrics and everything they use, and, and one of the beat writers brought up time to first base for a guy running. Is that one of the things you sort of grade? And Clint said, well, that's a little hard to manage or a little hard to grade because – I mean, there's times where a guy maybe hits a ball right at the second baseman and he's not running it down the line as hard. Or a time where a guy has a base hit and he's running a little bit faster. So you get a catcher in that situation and Clint talking about guys and their time down to first base. It's all relative. The guy thinks he has a hit. He may be going a little bit harder because he wants to turn it into two. But Gonzalez lucking out to get that catcher going to the first. Yeah. Um, you know, running the first base is a very important factor. I mean, when you're scouting, amateur players whether the high school college or even the minor leagues i mean you're timing every time a guy runs the first base you want to know how well does this guy run now guys the times will vary depending on a swing you know you get a ball away a right-handed hitter and he kind of reaches out for it he'll get a better time than if he has a ball on the inside of the plate where he swings and pulls it but running times the first base are monitored throughout throughout a game by every scout that sits in the stands and that was something Clint had talked about, just all those biometrics that they measure now. One guy that we have been really high on that is not in tonight's or today's lineup, rather, Adam Frazier. You've been really excited by what you've seen from him so far, right? I have been. And, you know, again, I go back to two years ago when he came up here. I thought 
um, Harrison was your second baseman, but it was apparent to me that this guy is going to be a really nice-looking hitter. And, again, I always go back to this, that second base is an offensive position. People want to say it's a defensive position. Well, let me ask you this. You name a second baseman of baseball that's playing there strictly because of his defense, and you can't find one. Every Now, you may have some good ones like J.P. LeMahieu, who's terrific at second base. Somebody's going to – Robbie Cano was fantastic at second base. Altuve is fantastic. But every one of those guys and every other one in baseball, it's an offensive position. Pittsburgh had Jose Lean at second base, which was a freak. Uh, just, But they also had Bonds, Bonilla, Van Slyke, Jay Bell, and that afforded them the ability to play a non-offensive player at second base. But you want to win, second base is going to be an offensive position for you. And that's what we saw not too long ago with Neil Walker here. There's always questions about his range at the position, but they were more than happy with what they got from the bat to make up for it. You're hoping with Frazier you get a little bit of both now. And so far to start the year, the bat has absolutely pulled its weight for him. We look around the rest of the lineup. We'll take a look at the Reds lineup too, a very uh, scuffling Reds lineup. Shebler, Votto, Puig, your one, two, three, pretty much what we've seen a lot. Matt Kemp in the lineup hitting fourth. Derek Dietrich at second base. Jose Peraza at short. Kirk Casale, we'll get our first look at him as their catcher. Kyle Farmer at third base. And then Tanner Roark, we'll talk a little bit more about him later on. Jack, as we talked about last night, and get your thoughts just a little bit again, the Pirates pitching staff has been phenomenal, but it has probably been aided a little bit by how just ice cold this Reds lineup has been and getting to face them twice already. And that is the one thing I think you have to you have to give the Pirate pitching staff tremendous credit, but you also have to you know, stop a minute and just realize, is it the Cincinnati Reds that are just in an offensive funk right now because they've got good offensive players who really aren't swinging a bat, or is it the Pittsburgh pitching staff? My guess it's a combination of both. You know, it's the Reds not swinging a bat, and it's Pittsburgh giving them good pitching. So early in the year, it's very, very difficult for guys to get um, their bearing straight. Some guys come out of the shoot uh, with their hair on fire, and other guys come out slow. I mean, we could go through a lot of names in baseball and a lot of ball clubs in baseball where the standings might be upside down right now. Let's wait a month or two or three, and we'll see exactly how how all these clubs play itself out. Well, we talked yesterday in the pregame show about tinkering with the lineup a little bit. So have we reached the point now in the season where it's time to give guys a breather? Like Adam Frazier, a younger guy, but I, I always wonder where you hit that point where you say as a manager, okay, it's time to get this guy some rest even though it's still early in the season. Are we there now? Depends, I guess. Last night is a night game following you know day game following the night game so oftentimes you will see that you know you can go way back when Leo DeRocha managed the Chicago Cubs and they played all those day games and he ran out the same eight guys all the time and the Cubs were going great going great going great and all of a sudden here comes the, the dog days of summer and by August they were done you know they were like falling out of the falling out of the race but you know at the end it is um, it, it, I know Pittsburgh uses with their science you know they have all these different studies on when guys should have off days and not off days. Everybody's everybody's different. You know, Adam Frazier is going to be a little different than Melky Cabrera. He's going to be a little different than Gonzalez. Going to be different, a little different than Cervelli. Players do need breaks. You know, that, that's the best way to keep them healthy. But um, 
you know, you look at both lineups today have, have some changes. So like you said, a night game to a day game today. You, you always hear that Sunday lineup. Well, day game into a day game tomorrow, you may see a dip, the more regular lineup out there tomorrow. But like we talked about earlier, Clint Hurdle mentioned that total team effort. And like you said, that's all teams. But if you are depending on that, then you probably do have to be careful not to burn guys out because if come August a few guys are needing time off because you didn't give it to them early – and you're a total team effort type team like the Pirates are, well, what are you going to do then? So probably smart to just get out ahead of it now and start giving these guys breathers like we saw Melky Cabrera the other day as well. Well, you have to play them. I mean, what are we into our seventh game today? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have Jacob Stallings who hasn't played an inning yet, well, how long are you going to go before Jacob Stallings gets a chance to be in a lineup? Because he's only an injury away from being thrust into being your catcher. So you've got to keep him fresh to some degree. And Moran, you know he's going to be a part of this club going forward. So you've got to give him another start. He gets back-to-back starts. So, you know, this is just common sense baseball, really. We're talking about the lineup. Now we look at our stock up, stock down report brought to you by Fergasso Financial Advisors. We guide for life. I'm going to give Kevin Newman the stock up as he finds his way into a start today at second base. We've talked about defensively what this team has lacked at times, and it's looked better in the last couple of games. I look at it with Kevin Newman getting the start at second base and Eric Gonzalez at shortstop. Is this maybe the best defensive middle infield you think they can put together? It seems like a lot of range. I can't answer that, you know, only because of what I saw out of Kevin Newman in September last year. Um, you know, he wasn't at the top of his game. He runs better than uh, Frazier, it seems. He is a middle infielder, shortstop by trade. So by moving to second base, you would expect that he would have a little nod defensively as a second baseman. But again, we'll see. We'll see him out there. Well, today's injury report, which has been a big part of the pregame show, is brought to you by WMC Western PA Physicians in Robinson and Imperial. Thankfully, there's nothing to report today on that front. That has to be a huge sigh of relief for Neil Huntington and Clint Hurdle. Well, I think if you word it correctly, there's nothing new to yes. report. <laughs> yeah. But there are injury Somebody's injury progressing issues. or something, yeah, but at right. least nobody is actually a new injury today. So they have that going for them, which is nice. But the other thing we want to take a look at before we get to our first break here, the On the Farm Report brought to you by your Western PA Kubota dealers. We have some minor league action. They got started a little bit after the major league team so far this year. A couple of guys, everybody keeping an eye on. Cole Tucker, shortstop, hitting leadoff for the AAA Indianapolis Indians, hitting 444 to start the year. And first baseman, Will Craig, they've played two games. He has two home runs. That's a guy I think a lot of people, as we had talked about this year, Josh Bell being a question mark, that's a, lot of guy, that's a guy that a lot of people are keeping a close eye on here to start the year. And I think if you look at what Pittsburgh's done over the last – you know, 10 or 12 years, it's been the offensive players that, you know, haven't been to the level of drafting some of the pitchers and, and some of the pitchers having success. So if you have an offensive player sitting in AAA that looks like he's going to be a producer and a part of your club going forward, that's only a positive. And something to also keep an eye on with that AAA Indianapolis Indians team, they're doing things a little bit differently than we're seeing at the major league level. Their bats are lively right now. Pirates' top prospect Mitch Keller made his uh, season debut last night. Four and two-thirds innings pitched, three hits, three runs, two earned, five walks, and six strikeouts. 91 pitches he threw, only 51 for strikes. Jack, that's a guy that I think we could end up seeing here at some point this year if things go right for him. How much do you keep an eye on these guys early in the season? 
like the minor league guys. I, I know we have people. We talked to who was a Tab Douglas. You told me the other day loves the prospects, right? Yep. How much do you keep an eye on these guys early on? Not a lot. You know, I I, I don't worry about that only because uh, I've learned over the years it's better to do good than to do bad. But AAA numbers don't necessarily translate to big league production. It just doesn't. Um, so, you know, as a result, you hope your guys do well down there. Naturally, the farm director and Neil Huntington and everyone else will keep an eye on those guys to look at their progress. They'll be getting the reports coming in. But for me, you know, young guys coming to the big leagues, you know, it's very, very challenging for them. And uh, the, the guys that make differences are guys that get to the big leagues at a young age. You know, when you see guys in double-A AA or triple-A that are under age, under the league average, if you will, those are the guys that really get me excited. You know, so if you're looking at somebody in triple-A that's 20 or 21 and he's really doing great, all right, no, that makes a lot of sense. But if he's 24, 25, he should do good. You know, that's just the way I look at it. Well, that's like a Will Craig we talked about, a 24-year-old and probably not far from the major. So somebody to keep an eye on this year as well because the Pirates' injury situations we've talked about, it, it first base even, it was before the season started, Jose Osuna was a guy that you expected to maybe be here and be Josh Bell's backup. If something happens to Bell, that's a guy that, who knows, we see Jason Martin here already. You could see a, a Will Craig on his way. Well, and yeah, you also have Jose Osuna down there too. You know, I'm not sure what they think of him. But mm -hmm. as I say, it's... It's better to be doing well than to be struggling because if you're struggling, then you're not going to get called to the big leagues. If you're doing well, then you're knocking on a door. So, um, you know, it's good. I mean, Will Craig was a first-round pick. Uh, you know, so they got guys down there that they like, and they got guys down there that they saw in spring training. So naturally, the organization is going to monitor them as, as closely as that, that's your lifeblood. I mean, your minor leagues are your lifeblood. Up next on the Pirates Preview Show, brought to you by NASCO Roofing, we'll hear from Clint Hurdle. As he talked about, one of those minor league guys already here and Jason Martin making his major league debut today. If he's ever seen something like this before from the rotation, Clint Hurdle also talked about that. And we'll hear my question to him about Colin Moran, a guy who has been hot to start the year, and how they try to get him into the lineup and incorporate him when the expectation maybe wasn't to do so at the beginning of the season. That's all coming up next year on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. 93.7 The Fan will be saluting youth baseball and softball players throughout the year. Keep listening for details on the Community Bank player of the game. Pirates Preview brought to you by NASCO Roofing. We are live outside of PNC Park on Federal Street, getting you ready for Game 7 of 162, the 3-3 three and three Pirates against the 1-6 Reds. I want to hear from Clint Hurdle, though, right now, as he talked today about Colin Moran being in the lineup more than we maybe thought early in this season and getting Jason Martin his first major league start and getting the jitters out of the way early by hitting him leadoff. I know you talked about... When guys get up here, you want to get them involved. With Jason, you want to get them involved right away, it looks like, at the leadoff spot? Right away. First hit of the game for us. I thought he'd be a, a candidate and knock out any anxiety or any excitement they might have and just play ball. What's it been like, Clint, to watch these starters do what they've done out of the gate? I've never seen anything like it, so... And I'd be hard-pressed to think anybody else in here has. In 45 years that I've watched the game, what did we say, Jim, last night? It's the first time in Major League Baseball history. In our history. In our Pittsburgh Pirate history. Three the teams from three shutouts in the first six games. 
I've never been, been a part of something like that. So, yeah. Wow. I know last year with Dickerson, just the fact that he wasn't necessarily an everyday outfielder coming in before you guys were careful out of the gate with him. Do you have to be I guess, similarly mindful with Jung-Ho and Frazier since they haven't necessarily been everyday players the last couple of years, or is it different infielder versus outfielder? It's not different in our minds. As a matter of fact, that was one of the calculated things we talked about over the winter and all through spring training. One of the reasons we backed up play in spring training. But those conversations, if we're going to deploy them into an everyday role to be the lead guy, how do we set them up to have success and to have continuity and duration to be the lead guy if it all plays out? How much of that goes by deal with as time goes on, too. I mean, you can play it in spring, but then you get to see kind of how that goes. It, it used to go by way more by feel than facts, but now we measure everything. Oh, with all the biometrics. We measure everything. We measure the things they do throughout the day from the time they show up and weight lift, <coughs> strength and conditioning, to the time they do their cage work, on field work, if there's pre-early work. We measure everything. We calculate it. We put it into a, a folder at the end of the night for the individual, and then we have that our strength conditioning team, our science team in there, kind of compute it all up and give us some feedback on where they, they feel they, they are. How much has that changed even since you got here, let alone since when you were in Colorado? Or well, dramatically, 180%. I mean, it's been the last three years from my vantage point that we have really... Uh, pushed all our chips into the, the rest and recovery nutrition program. I think there was incremental movements along those lines, but then within the last three years, uh, really starting probably the conversations and some of the deployment in 16, but then 17 last year, 18, and now this year, full throttle. Sort of on that wavelength, you got uh, Jacob catching today. Does his experience you know, with this organization, with a lot of these pitchers, does that make him uh, a bit easier to put in the lineup than maybe a typical third catcher who maybe you just brought in this offseason as, as kind of like a, a free agent guy? Does that, that track record make make it easier to, to give Cervelli the rest you want because you have more confidence? Absolutely. It's, it's paramount. The job he did for us in September, you have no idea, I don't have any idea, of the job he has done just showing up having to be ready because the games at Francisco got scratched or comes out, or in Diaz's case, law. I mean, you, you're basically on call. And what was the old group of the Minutemen? I mean, there's time he needs to be ready in a minute uh, to go in and engage and catch up in the middle of the game. Not catch up, be on spot, be point on at the time he enters the game or at 545, hey, we you need to, to go and just fold right in and the pitchers have confidence in him. He's got confidence in them. There's experience and time spent with each one of them. So, yes, it adds tremendous value to what we do and the confidence we have in him to keep to keep Francisco down and give him the rest that he's going to need. The scenario happened last September, didn't it, where he got called in relatively late, but he had been in the pitchers' meetings beforehand and he yeah. was completely ready to get out there and go? Yeah, I think it happened more than once. Clint, you're calling Moran back in the lineup. For a guy that wasn't an everyday starter coming out of camp. You talked yesterday about wanting to get the hot bat in. Given the small sample size of early in the season, how much can a guy doing what he's done so far change sort of your expectations of how you're going to use him early in the season? It's not going to change. We're going to go appropriately. Um, 
I'm not big on expectations. There's too many other people that, that can do that for all of us. Um, the pursuit of the game, the challenge of daily showing up and, and putting out your best effort uh, for individually and for the club is what's paramount again. Um, I believe in opportunities to bundle at bats. You guys that have been around a while have heard me say it. He played, he got a couple at bats last night. We came out, we defensive. Now he's going to get some more at bats tonight. Jung Ho needs his rest to stay fresh. He got out of the box clean. We want to see the bat given an opportunity to play and just take advantage of some traction that he's built. But it doesn't say that. I don't want these guys that we've named starters and Gonzalez and Gong to look over their shoulder every time. You know, nobody said a word after Moran had the opening day and didn't play the next day. Nobody in here said a word. But when Moran is in left field and Cabrera's out, then somebody has a question. So truthfully, you know, it speaks to me, we all like who we like. And you can frame it up any way you want, but we all like who we like or we like what we like. That's fair. I like what I like. And to give these guys opportunity, and this club, I believe, as much as any we've had, is going to need contributions from everybody. And that could be... In, in the, the one game we're playing today. Frazier may come off the bench today. Gon could come off the bench today. You know, you saw Cabrera. We were able to put him in a pretty good leverage situation last night. He didn't get a hit. But that's a strong play at that point in the time to, to have that player available. So um, that's part of it. And, and you also show confidence in the guys. It's not just, oh, well, last night he struck out twice. You can't play him the next day. No, he's sure you can. Nope. That was Pirates manager Clint Hurdle answering just a wide array of questions in today's meeting with the media before the game. Jack, I want to go through some of the stuff he said there. He talked about in 45 years in baseball, he's never seen anything like what he has seen from his rotation right now. Going back through all your years, how impressive is it what we've seen from them? Well, it's been impressive. I mean, I'd have to look at the numbers. You know, I mean, I could, you can think of great pitching staffs, you know, that have pitched superbly. Um, and guys of quality. I mean, you think about Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin, Zito, Mulder, and Hudson in Oakland. Um, go back to Koufax, Drysdale, Padre. I mean, you go back to a lot of really, really good pitching staffs. It, it's about sustaining it for a period of time. So your initial impression is these guys are doing a really nice job. I mean, it's obvious. That, it, that, that is in of itself tells you. But I think you have to watch and see. Let it unfold. They're not going to throw three shutouts in the next, you know, five games. That's, I mean, it'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. <laughs> it's just not how baseball is. So, you know, at the, at the end, you just have to gauge them and watch them over the full course of the season to see how really good the staff is. You get, you're very impressed with what they've done early, but it's a small sample size. Something else he had talked about was monitoring the use of Gung and Frazier, guys who Gung coming back from being out all of last year and Adam Frazier getting his first real look at the major league level is an everyday guy. How much do you, would you be concerned? I mean, we talked about it a little bit before. Is, is there a difference between a guy like Gung who is out for a whole year and figuring it out, getting back into the swing of things, and Frazier? Well, Gung, two years. Yeah. You know, um, Frazier I'd be less concerned with. You know, I think the more you run him out there, the better off he is to get him playing every day. Uh, but in terms of Gung, uh, you, you know, again, they brought him up at the end of last year and he was hurt, right? Mm -hmm. They had some injuries at the end of last year, so – Certainly, you got to monitor it. So, with Adam Frazier, like we said, that's a guy that I, I agree with you. I feel like the more he plays, maybe the better off. And then I look at Gung as the type of guy who 
maybe as the year goes on, you'll get more use out of him. Ease him in now because he's had all that time off. But towards maybe the latter parts of the year, you're not going to see the rest that he's getting right now. Well, and we don't know what, what Gunk did in the offseason. I'm sure they monitored it, you know, but it's not game condition. It's not playing the game the way the game is played. It's not the travel and a day up, a day up in and out of a lineup, you know, travel from city to city. That's a different type of uh, uh, repertoire that you have to get, get accustomed to. So it's always better to be a little bit cautious with guys that you have a little bit of doubt about. And, uh, you know, if you're going to error, err on the side of caution. And then something else you had mentioned there about keeping an eye on him in the offseason. We heard Clint talk about the biometrics that they use, and sometimes it's feel versus biometrics. So they have these biometrics of monitoring guys in the season. But when I look at it, it's like when a guy leaves at the end of the year, you tell him what you want to see from him. You see him in spring. So are guys just left to their own devices that you have to worry about when they show up in spring or at the beginning of the year this is what you have to deal with or is the team keeping an eye or keeping tabs on them all throughout the offseason well keeping this in mind i'm sure that they are keeping close tabs on their guys when they leave they tell them what they want them to do they'll monitor them. i mean you got a strength and conditioning coach you got a therapist that uh you have yourself uh you may even visit them you know at different points in times have guys get in to watch what you're doing you may bring them to pittsburgh to, to see where they're at uh, we have brought players when i was in seattle milwaukee we brought players in for the winter you know for for various reasons because they had injuries or something we wanted to keep a close tab on them but the one thing you have to remember is the money that these guys are making are, is astronomical even a minimum what's four hundred sixty five hundred sixty five thousand dollars or something of that nature is a minimum major league salary now a lot of these guys are making well over that. When you're talking about guys that are making millions and millions of dollars, and they have agents who are connected with about every everything you can imagine, whether it's sports science or whatever, you know they're going to put their guys on certain programs as well. They're going to monitor them as well. So it's a collaborative effort. Certainly, every organization has their own philosophy. Clint speaks about that or what what they want to do and try to do, but. Look, if you're making these kind of dollars and you're only young once in your life, it would make all the sense in the world for you to do the most that you could possibly do to make your body uh, as fit as it could possibly be to play the game. So you said that everybody has their own way of doing things. When it, for you, being the GM of the team, is it more about just the individual? You have to grade each guy as this guy. You know what? I can send him home for the winter, and I got a pretty good feeling he's going to take care of things. But conversely, are there guys then that you know you have to keep tabs on a little bit closer? Possibly. Okay. It really depends on your players. I mean, you have to know your players, but that's why you have a staff. That's why you have strength and conditioning guys. That's why you have your, nutri your, your nutri nutritionist, you know. That's why you can have guys go in and watch a guy's workout for a couple of days. Um, a lot of guys nowadays are living in warm weather climates. You know, they're living in, you see so many guys move to Florida, so many guys live in Arizona where they have ideal weather and they have the, the great workout facilities where they can show up. And, they, you know, Josh Bell is an example. Went to California to spend some time with some hitting guy out there, you know, try to figure out his swing. So, you know, and then you have new hitting coaches that come in with a different uh, outlook maybe on how things were done before, a fresh set of eyes, a new set of ideas. It's, you know, it's you're just trying to get to the point where you're maximizing your staff and your players ability to be the best it can be one thing that I you'd heard I asked Clint Hurdle about in that pregame meeting was about 
Yesterday he said they wanted to get Colin Moran's bats in, bat in the lineup. So they played him in left field because they want to keep the bat in. So what I started wondering, what I asked Clint about was, you go into a year thinking, okay, Gung's our starter at third. Moran's maybe going to play here and there, a spot start. He'll pinch hit. But how soon is too soon to say a guy's hot and now we've got to find a way to get him into the lineup? When you look at a Colin Moran or any player, how soon is too soon to say this guy's hot, get him in there? I don't know if you can say anybody's hot after playing one game. And that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, or two games. You know, I think you have your game plan on how you want to play your guys on – You've got to get Moran in the lineup at different positions from time to time to keep him sharp. He was your everyday third baseman last year. You don't want to push Gung. All right, then you look at other players on your ball club. Same, same, same thing applies, and I say this all the time. The toughest thing is for a young guy to sit on a bench and not get regular playing time because when you need him, He's not going to be ready to perform. And that's the case with, like, a Newman on a ball club like this, a case with a Reyes on a ball club, a case with Stallings on a club. They're, they're guys with limited experience at the big league level. Very challenging for them to be backup players and not get their regular routine day in and day out. So that's what a manager has to kind of weigh and try to figure out how to optimize non-playing time. And believe me, practice is not the same. Simulated games is not the same. Playing in a big league ball game is really what you have to try to do, get these guys in there. So that's talking about evaluating when a guy, when it's okay to start saying early in the season, this guy's hot, we got to get him in there. Well, how about cold? I feel like that's the easier one to maybe panic on when a guy struggles. Okay. So does that come into play? Yeah, well, here's the flip side to that. Um, you're not going to get hot unless you play. Sitting him on a bench isn't going to get him hot. You know, go around the league right now with all the players that are struggling. Jesse Winker, are you going to take him out of the lineup because he's not hitting right now? Well, how's he going to hit if he isn't in the lineup? You know, he has to figure it out. You know, there are guys that go a terrible month. I mean, a lot of players go a bad month. Andrew McCutcheon, a notorious slow starter here. Right. What are you going to do, sit him on a bench? How's he going to get his at-bats? How's he going to get his timing? How's he going to get his rhythm if he's not playing? You've got to just get through it because it's a six-month season. Well, Jack, before we get into the pitching matchup coming, in our, coming up in our next segment, I want to take a look around the league brought to you by Fox Chapel Advanced Dental Care. The Cubs lose again last night. They are 1-6. The NL Central as a whole kind of off to a slow start. You see the Brewers way out ahead of the pack. They're 7-1. Pirates in second place at 3-3. Three three. you got the Cardinals at 3-4. Cubs and Reds both 1-6. So it, it feels like, and I think we're seeing it right now, it's important to take advantage of this if you're the Pirates because you look at the schedule, they're starting the first 12 games of the season. Well, it's going to be 11 because of the postponement now. But it was the schedule, first 12 games against the division. So we talk about being hot and cold, but you also have to take advantage of that if you're the Pirates, when the other teams that you're going to be going up against more than the others are starting the year cold. Well, you go back at the right for the All-Star break last year. Pittsburgh caught Milwaukee when they were like 22 games in a row. They were beat up. They were hurt. Uh, when they rolled in, I talked to a couple of announcers, and they said, holy smokes, we're just dying. We can't wait for the All-Star break. That a five-game series with Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh took them five games. Uh, in a, you know, they, five games before the All-Star break, you lose if you're Milwaukee. Well, you're going to go through those stretches, and what ended up happening, Milwaukee wins the division. So this is why you can't panic. You have to realize it's a grind. You have to realize it's a long season. You're going to have your ups and downs, and as good as Pittsburgh's playing, and pitching right now, there's going to be periods of time through the course of the year when they're going to get in a little bit of slump, and the pitching's not quite as good. So you're going to need your offense to carry the load. 
Now, see, this is the fan perspective. This is where I get worried when things are things are going too well. Is that hidden vigorous, right? We, we big thing here in Pittsburgh. So I get to the point as a fan. Yes, all these numbers are great. The pitching staff looking great. But in the back of your head, do you worry? Like, okay, when when are we going to get to that point where this comes to an end? Let me explain something to you. I don't worry. <laughs> okay? I got other things to worry about than whether or not a guy's hitting or not. You know, <laughs> that's Clint and that's Neil's job to figure that one out. I'll be an observer, you know, and comment about it. But, you know, worry? No, you can't worry. I mean, writers sit in front of Clint on a daily basis and almost try to force him to worry. You know, oh, look, this guy's not doing or this guy's not doing that. You know, if you're in Chicago right now, they're ready to jump off a bridge. If you're, yeah. in, you're in Cincinnati right now, you're like, what's going on here? But as a major league manager, you don't think Joe Madden has been through this over and over again? You don't think David Bell, who's third-generation big leaguer with his father and his grandfather, you don't think they understand how this works? They've played on clubs where it's been up and down, in and out, and everything in between. All of a sudden, you run off a 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10, and guess what? You're right back in the middle of everything, and animals are great. That's the way it works at that point. Well, like you said, a guy like Joe Madden has seen it all, so he knows how to get his team through a stretch like this. Well, that's what makes what we're going to talk about next. Today's pitching matchup so interesting to me is that this Pirate staff is so hot that Clint Hurdle said it himself, 45 years in baseball, he hasn't seen anything like it. Before we get to that, we'll give you today's weather report brought to you by Weather Seal Home Services. Just $1 down can get you new windows. It is a beautiful day for baseball, and it's only going to get nicer out here. High of 67 today. The sun is shining. It'll be a great day to come out and watch this game. But like we said, up next, we'll take a look at today's pitching matchup, which features Trevor Williams making his second start of the year, both against the Reds, and Tanner Roark, a guy looking to bounce back after a rough first outing, plus a stat from the Pirates on what we've seen from this rotation and how rare it is. That's up next on Pirates Preview, brought to you by NASCO Roofing. The Pirates Preview Show brought to you by NASCO Roofing live outside of PNC Park on Federal Street as we take you up to the Pirates Radio Network in our 135 first pitch. Game 7 of 162, the Pirates now at 3-3 three three, looking to get above 500 against this Reds team. Jack, I want to open things up. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup. Today's pitching matchup is brought to you by Flynn's Auto Service, your hometown tire and auto service experts. Jack, we have Noah Hiles here as our producer. You big Noah guy? I'm a big Noah guy. That's what I thought. Now, Noah has these notes for me, but yeah, he said right. on the pitching matchup, the only way I can use his notes is if I refer to them as Noah's Nuggets from now on. It's, it, he said it's in his contract that they have to be referred to as Noah's Nuggets now. So that's what we have here for you. Okay. Noah's Nuggets. We're going through them. Trevor Williams this year, one start, six innings pitch, no earned runs, three hits, one walk, six Ks. Here's where the Noah's Nuggets come in. Career versus Cincinnati for Trevor Williams. Nine games, six starts, four and one, a 3.20 ERA. So obviously he sees something in Cincinnati that he likes, even though this, to start the year the first time, he faced him a very different Cincinnati team than he had seen previously. You got Noah's Nuggets. Let's go. Get Noah to fill in here. No, no, Noah's point. He said, these are the Nuggets. Get this one. Here it is. Williams is known for being a second-half guy, but it could be argued that April is his best month. Record 6-2, that's his best. An ERA of 265, second best. Batting average against of 208, that's the best. Babip, you're familiar with this one? Batting average on balls oh, in yeah, play? absolutely. 250, that's his best. Hits 37, that's the best. And only two home runs, that's the best. A Noah nugget for you. Noah's the man. <laughs> I'm going to his arc as soon as we leave here. Well, we have the Pirates giving us some stats today, too, on this team. The Per the Pirates, this is the first time in club history 
the pitching staff has recorded three shutouts through the first six games. So in the history, a rich history, that is an interesting one. Also, the Pirates staff ERA of 1.25, the lowest in all of the majors. So we talked about it before the season, and it's sort of coming through for them now. This pitching staff is where they will take the team as far as it goes, and so far, so good. A lot of people will say there's no such thing as momentum, but I think guys feed off of each other, and when one guy goes out and does well, if you're a collaborative group of five starting pitchers, you know, you kind of like pull for each other. You go out and watch each other's bullpen. You learn from one another. I do think it builds it builds like a community among yourself. Bob Walk surprised me with that last night. He's not a momentum guy. I Fair old school idea, like the new age guys probably say, no, no, momentum. We have sabermetrics, biometrics. We have all this that proves that's nothing. I, Bob shocked me a little bit. I thought he'd be a big momentum guy. Teach yeah, his own, I guess. Yeah, so. no, I, I heard him. I heard him, you know. and um, You know, if you're on a five-game or six-game winning streak, yeah, I believe in momentum. If you're on a five- or six-game losing streak, yeah, I believe in negative momentum. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, positives feed off of positives, and negatives can be negative, you know. So what happens is if you're going really good, hey, the energy level's high, the confidence is high. When you're struggling, you're trying to figure it out, and there's sometimes doubt gets in there. So if you were going to define what momentum would be, then uh, to me that's what it is. If, if, you have, if you have positives happening, then that begins to create confidence, and confidence can, can lead to this momentum thing that we're talking about. Well, if it means anything to you, I agree with you. I believe in momentum. Okay, good. So for what that's worth. All right. Me Big versus moment. Bob Walk, my opinion versus his. So. I, had a guy, I had a guy in my hometown who used to send me letters all the time, and that was his one big thing. You got to get Big Mo on your side, Jack. <laughs> Big Mo, momentum. Well, we take a look on the other side tonight. Tanner Roark, one start he made this year, not against the Pirates, despite it feeling like this is the only team the Pirates have played. It was against Milwaukee. He went four and a third, gave up six hits, three earned runs, three walks, and six Ks. Now Noah's telling me I had to go back to Noah's Nuggets here, so he has one for us. Roark's 4.70 ERA versus the Pirates is his second highest career ERA versus any National League team. The worst is a 6.58 against the Cardinals. So at least the Pirates have hit him well. We talked about Trevor Williams had good numbers against Cincinnati. This is a different Cincinnati team. This, though, for Tanner Roark is a very different lineup than I imagine he has faced in the past when he's seen the Pirates. Yeah, he's been a good major league pitcher. You know, he's been on a staff over there that has been really, really good in Washington. So he's always battled the back end of the rotation. But he was a desirable guy when you think about it. I mean, today he's going to make his 184th start in the major leagues. That's, that's, uh, that tells you something about his longevity. And that's something that we've talked about in the past, the last couple of years, the Reds just threw out a bunch of young guys. And this year they decided they were going to go a different route, go get some veterans, we, like a Tina Roark, Alex Wood not playing for them right now, and Sonny Gray. So this is a guy that they're going to look to probably when things aren't going well to maybe help them end a streak, which yeah. is what they're looking to do today. Right, and I made a mistake there. He had, it's 184 major league appearances, 143 starts. But still but, around for a while. Yeah, but he's been around a while. And like I said, he's been on a, on a really good ball club over there in Washington for the last several years. Um, interesting background, too, but we can get into that at another day. But, you know, next time we see him, but because we're running late on time, I know that. But it's a very interesting background. Well, we have a little bit of time. What's some of the background well, there? Well, you know, you have to go back on, on where he was at in college and how he transferred and dropped out and then eventually uh, kind of got his act together. Oh, I didn't know all that. Yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting uh, history here. But, again, a guy that's been uh, a, a, a solid major league pitcher. And they brought him over here. 
as you stated just a minute ago, for the simple reason they need, they were going with all these young guys, and now they needed to get some veteran guys. You saw a great outing by Sonny Gray last night. They're hoping to get that out of Alex Wood when he's healthy. They're hoping Tanner Roark can give them stability. And eventually you got to figure the Cincinnati Reds are going to swing the bats better than they are right now. We just hope it's not today. Maybe just one more day they can stay cold. That is today's pitching matchup brought to you by Flynn's Auto Service, your hometown tire and auto service experts. Jack, we had given our tip of the hat out earlier, but I want to start to take a look at this Pirates lineup and how it could go against Tanner Roark today. So I always go a big numbers guy. You know that now. I, I, I look at what guys have done against them before. Jacob Stallings in the lineup today could have something to do with his career numbers. He bats 1,000 lifetime against Tanner Roark. But you talk about small sample size. Two for two. One for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured it was. Hey, at least it was a double ones. as well. Oh, yeah. so. All right, good. We good. take a look through the rest of the lineup. Francisco Sorelli, not a whole lot of experience. Sorelli not in the lineup. He's a 500 career hitter, only four at bats. Frazier not in the lineup, 286 hitter, seven at bats. Starling Marte in the lineup. He's been my, he, I think two days ago, you took him as your pick to click. Last two times I've taken him. He hasn't really come through for us. A 111 career hitter against Tanner Roark. So we'll have to see which of these guys can come through. Like Clint Hurdle talked about, that total team effort to get a win. Tanner Roark, good numbers against this team, the guys we see in the lineup. So it may be another team effort like we saw last night. Guys having to pick guys up like Jung Ho Gung did. He bailed them out or late in last night's game to get that first run. So they may be leaning on that again. Yeah, and one thing today I think you're going to see is a guy that's a veteran guy, been around a lot. So, you know, he's got some young hitters in the lineup and, Gonzalez and Starling, uh, Stallings. Uh, he's got Martin in the lineup today, so uh, Newman in the lineup today. So, you know, I think Warwick will do his best to kind of upset these kids' timing and kind of, you know, it just kind of pitch them, if you will. Looking at the other side of things, Matt Kemp in the lineup, a 429 hitter and just seven at bats against Trevor Williams, but Joey Votto, 20 at bats, a 450 lifetime hitter against Trevor Williams. Votto has been cold to start the year. We hope that that continues tonight. But we wrap things up with today's Pick to Perform, brought to you by Oxford Athletic Club of Wexford, Pittsburgh's premier athletic resort. Jack, who do you have? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you pick my pick to click for me today. You're going to trust me with I your pick to perform? I do trust you with my pick to click. Oh, that's dangerous. Go ahead, give it to me. I'm giving you Melky Cabrera. I feel like that's a safe one. I don't want to go out on a limb making your pick for you. That is who I was going to take, but okay, I get it. That's all right. Go ahead. Your pick. I'm going with the young guy, Jason Martin. I'm excited to see him. I think he's going to, that first at bat, I think he's getting a hit. All right. I was going to take Josh Bell, but you've given me Melky, so I'll take Melky. Well, that's it for us on the Pirates Preview Show, brought to you by NASCO Roofing, as we send you up to the booth for the, the call of today's game with Joe Block. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 